To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So we have a question today that brings up a really interesting topic, and that is developmental windows. Is it possible to miss a developmental window? So I'm going to share her question first and address this question directly and the mom's concerns about potentially having missed a developmental window and how they can now course correct. But this brought up such an interesting topic that it's something I do want to discuss further in an episode in two weeks because there is something to this. There are some particular windows starting as early as nine months where some habits are easier to form and guide than outside of those windows. So I'm going to cover those windows, like I said, starting from nine months and go up through about the age of 10 and 11, but in two weeks because next week I have an amazing guest. Dr. Jody Thomas, who is a licensed clinical psychologist and specialist in pediatric medicine, illness, and trauma. She's an adjunct lecturer at Stanford School of Medicine and the executive director of the Meg Foundation for Pain, 
which is a nonprofit organization. It aims to empower families with the pain management strategies, skills, and support they need to prevent and reduce pain in children. The current focus of the foundation is to teach families how to avoid freakouts when they're visiting the doctor and specifically address needle fear in children via a science-backed approach. So if you ever have to take your children to the doctor ever again and they tend to freak out and especially to get shots and they freak out about that or they're nervous about that, you won't want to miss this amazing information next week that Dr. Jody is going to share with us. And there are several things that she's shared with me already that I wish I had known when my kids were little. I could have saved especially one of them in particular because I do have one who does freak out about shots. Could have helped him so much. So you'll want to make sure you catch that episode. Okay, so Sita wrote in and asked me, she said, good morning. I have a question I'm hoping you might address in your podcast about what to do if your child does not want to be independent. I have three kids, ages six and a half, almost four and two. The almost four-year-old, three years and 22 months, refuses to dress himself. I suspect that what has happened is that we missed the window of opportunity when he was little and wanted to be independent. Instead of giving him time to dress himself, we would quickly dress him when he needed to rush out the door to get his big sister to daycare or school or dance class, etc. So now he has adopted a why should I attitude. He just refuses to put on his own clothes or outdoor gear, coat, shoes, or boots, etc. I feel as if I've tried all your usual strategies. One, I've tried one, two, three magic. That doesn't work because the logical consequence, if you don't get started dressing by the time I count to three, I'll do it for you, is of course exactly what he wants. Number two, I give him plenty of time and warning, letting him know he has 20 minutes to get dressed before we go. He just plays and ignores the timer. Number three, I've tried giving choices about what to wear or what to put on first. I've tried natural consequences, putting on a visual timer that he can see. If you're not dressed by the time we have to leave, then we're going out with you dressed in your pajamas. But we live in Canada. Winter days are often minus 20 to minus 30 degrees Celsius. So taking him outside in pajamas and bare feet is cruel and a legitimate health risk. To drive home the natural consequence, I've tried putting on his boots and then putting him just outside the front door in his PJs for a few seconds so that he can feel how cold it is. But even then, he just complains and doesn't get his clothes on himself. What can I do? Any suggestions would be appreciated. Thanks in advance for your help. So Sita, I appreciate all these details and all the things you've tried because it gives me the information I need to go from here and not give suggestions you've already tried. So first, let's talk about this developmental window concept, and in particular this one, the push for independence in early toddlerhood. Is this what's happening here? This can happen, but there's a big but here. We can miss taking advantage of developmental stages. It's definitely a lot easier to work within their developmental window and understanding where they are. Sometimes we also see this when kids want to help in some capacity. They wanna do things on their own or help parents prep for dinner or any activity, and it's a lot easier for us to do it ourselves. Or if they help out and the parent redoes the job, like rearranging the table setting, rearranging the bookshelves after they've already put the books away, rearranging the toys in their room, remaking the bed. This can undermine the child's desire to help because they feel like their work isn't good enough and so they just stop trying. So there are these instances that in those cases, taking the help how it comes is far more important than, connect, than correcting the help. 
That can come later, correcting the help. We can teach them later after they've gotten into the habit of setting the table, putting the books back, putting their toys away, making their bed. You've been doing a really great job of getting your bed made for the last three months. Now let me show you a trick of how you can do it quicker or how you can make it a little smoother, things like that. Let me show you a trick with putting the books back so they stay up. Let me show you how you could arrange the forks and napkins like they do in a restaurant. So once they are solid in doing this job and old enough and skilled enough cognitively and physically to perform the task in a more correct way, then we can correct it. But first, we just wanna get our kids to start doing and helping and taking advantage of that independence. Okay, but in this instance, and Sita's almost four year old, while this could be part of the puzzle, so maybe he would be dressing himself now if he had become, it had become an ingrained habit and therefore a sense of pride in his independence and dressing himself from his earliest ages had set in and had been going, maybe it would have just continued, that is possible. But the reason for the refusal now has a different reason behind it. The window doesn't stop, even if it becomes less pronounced. Our, our human behavior is always to want to become more independent and to grow. That's what children do, that's their job. So our behavior is more complicated and these things can crop up for a number of reasons. Two of the most common reasons that you see this kind of behavior is, or any kind of misbehavior very often, is attention seeking, or power-seeking behaviors. Now, the other thing that can also be a contributing factor that we often forget to consider is attention-seeking, so it's the same thing, it's still attention-seeking, but for the reason of being due to sibling rivalry from younger siblings. So I'm throwing all these things out there because these are all possibilities to take under consideration. For Sita or for any parent who's trying to change behaviors and interactions, so we want to get to the crux. We want to fill the need in a positive way. The need to find attention, the push for power in these other ways is no longer needed. So oftentimes when a child regresses or acts more helpless than they're capable of, it's looking for attention in the same way that the younger sibling is getting it. If it's a feeling of rivalry with an older sibling, then that's gonna look different, but that's a whole other topic I'm not gonna get into right now. Sibling rivalry may be present for a long time, maybe from the very beginning when a younger sibling comes home, when the baby comes home. The older sibling may regress, like acting like a baby, may regress in potty training. These are very common. Sometimes though it doesn't kick in until the younger sibling starts to develop skills and they seem like they're more like an actual person and not just a baby. And so the threat for competition is more real. The baby's walking now, they're starting to talk, they're playing with their toys. Now there's competition. There's competition for the toys. There's also competition for parental attention, for doing these types of activities that the older sibling was the only one doing, or they were doing it and the baby wasn't, and now the baby's doing it too. So the rivalry may kick in at that point. So I don't know if this is the case in your house, Sita. If it's just general attention seeking or if it's due to rivalry, but I just wanted to bring this up so you can think about it or for any parent who's looking at some misbehavior and wondering why, that these are some things to think about. So here's some things that might help answer this question. What is happening with the two-year-old? Is he or she dressing him or herself? If not, this could be a big contributing factor. I want the same level of attention as my younger sibling. I want the same amount of caretaking. So once you hear this, you'll probably know immediately if this is part or most of the reason. 
So if this is the case, you'll want to make sure he's getting his attention in other ways for things he does that are at his level of development, for helping with things, for doing things on his own, regardless of what it is, even if it's not for getting dressed. Actually, regardless of this, if this is the reason or not, this is actually something you will want to focus on. You're going to want to focus on the positive. Thank you for taking your dishes from the table after snack. That was very helpful. Thank you for cleaning up the toys. That was very responsible. You brushed your teeth all by yourself. That was very independent. You want to focus on these traits. Responsible, helpful, independent. Anything he does that exhibits those traits. It lets him know these are honorable traits that earn positive attention. It lets him know the behaviors you like to see, gives him attention for those behaviors, and it invites a lot more of those behaviors. So when we start getting attention and positive attention for doing positive things, it removes or it definitely minimizes the need to get attention for doing things negatively or for not doing things and not following through and getting attention that way. When we think about behaviors in terms of the reasoning behind them and the, and the payoff. So let's say after thinking about it, and the day-to-day -day interactions that you're noticing between your child and one or both adults or with the siblings, you're feeling like, you know what, this is for attention. Whether it's sibling rivalry related or not, doesn't matter. You wanna think about all the attention he's getting for not putting on his own clothes, all the conversations, the negotiations, the timers, getting taken outside to try it out without changing, then the response to the complaining, then brought back in to get more attention as he's getting help to pick out his clothes and to get dressed. He still hasn't had to get dressed by himself, so now he's getting more attention. So there's a lot of tension going on around this. Any interaction he gets around it, any conversation, any action taken is attention. Even if it may feel negative to you, it's still attention. Negative attention is still attention. So they're getting the parent drawn into their world and, and not just attention. There's a lot of power in that. There's a big payoff. So let's talk about power. Sometimes it's both, or sometimes it's hard to differentiate. He's getting a lot of that too. There's a lot of power in refusing when it gets so much attention, and especially when there's a boundary set, and then he still gets the parent to dress him anyway. So I want to get to exactly what to do. And first, I want to go over a few of the tools, Sita, that you talked about, and some tips on using those more effectively and then finding the right times and scenarios for those tools also, because sometimes they're just not going to work very well in certain scenarios or when they're um, exhibited or when they're used in certain ways. So I'm going to go over all of that right after a word from our sponsors. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. 
gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look, and some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Now that we're back after the break, I'm going to start with using some of the tools more effectively and then a plan for working with a child who is refusing, in this case with getting dressed. So the examples will be directly related to that. But if you have a child refusing other things, you will probably find some helpful information in here as well. Okay, starting with one, two, three magic, a couple of things to keep in mind. So I love this tool. Overall, it works really well. When we know the steps, we follow them, we avoid those pitfalls and those little genius tactics. But this is also what I recommend as a first tool starting around 18 months to three to three and a half. But after that, we wanna start phasing it out. It doesn't mean we won't still pull it out from time to time with a four-year-old or even a five-year-old. I had to do this with my kids. Every once in a while, I'd have to pull it back out. But as soon as I'd start counting, boy, they knew. But we wanna start reasoning with them more as they start to get older because they have more reasoning skills. This is really a tool for when, you know, 18 months, they don't really have much language. There's a lot of emotions. And so it's like, here's my boundary. We're walking into the store, but I need you to hold my hand. I need you to take my hand by the count of three, or do we're gonna have to sit in the stroller? It's for those types of situations where they're just not real reasonable and we really need to set a boundary. And there's just, we're not gonna negotiate about whether we're holding a hand in the parking lot. It's a good tool, but for a short while, as parents get their skills up to speed or as kids are really, really little and don't have that reasoning. So it's also, I recommend it for parents who are just getting started in positive discipline and being able to just, it's a really easy tool to use. It's like a super easy step-by-step -step tool. 
Um, but we use it quickly and then we, then with an older child, you know, anything over uh, three, three and a half, we're gonna move into some more advanced type of things as parents get up to speed. As they're watching through the classes and trying to um, learn those tools, you know, use that one, two, three magic, but then you'll start to phase it out. I also agree that trying to use the you do it or I'll do it for you tactic isn't an effective consequence in this case. Now it's okay to use it as long as it isn't used in a way of trying to coerce or get him to do it. You know he's probably not and you need to get it done. Would you like to do it? You're giving him the offer. Would you like to do it yourself? Okay, well, if you don't get started in one minute, or if you, sorry, if you don't get started by the count of three, then I'm gonna have to get you dressed. If that's what he wants, it's fine, do it, get out. Like, that's just what you have to do because you're getting ready for the day. But I'm gonna get into some other tips on that in a second so that you're not having to do that. But the rule of thumb here is anytime you give a consequence, whether it's with one, two, three magic, or you're using a choices and consequences combination, or however you're delivering the consequence, is if the consequence doesn't have any effect, then that one last time that you used it, this current time, you still want to use it. Because we don't want to send the message, if you act like you don't care, then I won't follow through. So if you give a consequence and they're just like, yeah, I don't care. If you don't follow through, you just taught the child, hey, a new trick. I just act like I don't care and the consequence disappears. So you still want to follow through because they may still actually care. In this case, I know that isn't the case, but I'm just <laughs> telling everyone this as um, in, an, in any other case where you use a consequence in it and they act like they don't care because they might just be trying to get out of the consequence. So go ahead, follow through, even if it has zero effect, so that you're sending the message that the consequence still stands, even if they don't seem to care. Then the next time, you're gonna find a different consequence. You're gonna find one that they actually care about. And this happens a lot as they get older. You'll notice that some consequences, will they just don't care anymore. So the other tip on consequences is, only give a consequence that you will follow through on. If you give it and then you don't follow through, all of your consequences lose effectiveness because, and I have a feeling this might be what part of what happened here, um, the child is testing about whether or not you mean what you say. He's calling your bluff. And so far, the gamble is worth it because he hasn't had to get himself dressed or go to school in his pajamas either way. So when you do choose a consequence for any situation, make sure it's one you're willing and able to follow through. Don't put one out just hoping that they're going to go ahead and comply because chances are they aren't. And if they aren't, then you just got yourself into a situation that you can't really get out of. You either have to follow through on the consequence or you have to render that consequence ineffective. So when you do that, you just taught your child your consequences are empty and it renders all of them ineffective until you start using them and following through consistently. So using them effectively again. So that's a really big one. Okay, so first thing, lots of positive attention, like I mentioned back in the beginning of the episode when he does anything independent, responsible, or helpful, sends a really strong message about what those behaviors mean and that they do get attention. We spend so much time giving our kids attention for negative stuff and we often forget to give attention for the positive stuff and it really makes a huge difference. You know, I just said to my older son the other day, actually yesterday, he's about to be 13. He gets himself up in the morning and gets himself into the shower most mornings. It's really incredible. I'm really impressed. 7 a.m. he gets up and gets in the shower. He doesn't have an alarm. He just was able to get himself up. And I said to him, because he came in and he was already showered. And I was just like, I am so impressed with that. 
I'm like, that's really responsible, just getting up and getting the shower and getting ready for school without anybody having to go in and wake him up. This morning I did, so it's not every day, but it's really amazing. You know, he doesn't lay around in bed. He just gets up and goes. So I wanted to make sure that I paid attention to that. So when it comes to changing the behavior for getting dressed, I would start on a weekend or a holiday even. If you have a holiday weekend, if you, um, there was one coming up. There is here in the U.S., but I don't know if you have one in Canada. But it gives you a solid three days to start working on this new dynamic so that you aren't rushing or having to be somewhere and having to give in and then dress him. But you want to set the expectation and then leave it. Pick out the clothes or have him pick them out. Doesn't matter. Right now, you're working on having him get himself dressed. But whatever interaction gets the least attention or interaction. Do you want to pick out your clothes today or would you like me to do it? And if he says you, okay, great. Here they are. Let me know when you're dressed and then we can go do X. Now, what I recommend here is I would choose something he likes to do. Go shopping with you and out for lunch. Go to grandma's house, the cousin's house, the friend's house, the trampoline park. You name it. Whatever it is that he likes to do that he needs to be dressed to go out for. I know it's cold right now, so going to the park won't really work or going to play ball outside won't work or going for a bike ride won't really work. But find something he likes and make that it's a logical, positive consequence for getting dressed. Then you just let it go. I'll be here doing the dishes and cleaning up. Just let me know when you're ready to go. Don't go back and ask. Go into it knowing full well. It may take him a little while because he's going to test you at first because he hasn't had to do this before. So it may take a little while depending on how long he stalls. So you wanna let anyone know on the other end. So if, you, if grandma's expecting you, let her know. Hey, we're doing this thing, I'm, I'm, making him have, I'm having himself get himself dressed now. Um, it may take us a little while, so I'll let you know when we're on our way. Don't ask anything. Don't you wanna to go to grandma's? You better get dressed. You don't wanna do any of that prodding because there's power in that when he can stall. So don't mention it, zero attention. He may test it. He may come walking out in his pajamas to make sure you see him. Go start playing with his toys, wearing his pajamas. Just ignore it. Keep going about your morning. He may come out naked. Who knows? Kids are incredibly smart about testing and trying to keep the same patterns the same. So if he thinks coming out naked is going to get a reaction, aren't you cold? You better get dressed. He's going to try it. So ignore it. Now, if there are big feelings around it, if he gets all upset about getting dressed or having to dress himself, it's okay to address the feelings. You want to address the feelings. I can see you're upset about having to dress yourself. This is something you just don't want to do today. But you're definitely ready and I have confidence that you can do it. So you're not ignoring the feelings. He doesn't want to do it. We aren't sure what the reason is. Probably for attention, most likely. So he's not getting a ton of attention. He's definitely not getting attention now for the not getting dressed. So you're going to address the feelings, show them that you have confidence, keep going about your morning. If it wears on too long, you can say, I'm leaving for grandma's in 10 minutes. I need to pick up some things from her. So if you're ready, you can come along. But if not, I'll have to go by myself this time and you can come next time. Then be ready to follow through. The parent who stays home needs to be ready too. So if you're walking out the door and he finally says, I'll get dressed, I'll get dressed, I'll get dressed, you gotta be ready to follow through. It's just like the one, two, three magic. By the count of three, you know, if he's not following through by the count, start of the count of three, 
it's gonna render it ineffective. All he's gonna do is start pushing that window longer and longer. Well, I'm sorry, I'm leaving now and you're not dressed. So you can come with me next time. Run over to grandma's, grab a couple things, come back. Then you can try again the next day. But you wanna be consistent. You wanna set the boundary, you wanna be consistent. You wanna follow through. For school days, when he has to be dressed in a particular time, you want to give as little attention as possible. So if he's gone all weekend or, you know, he's gone, the first day wasn't so great, but the second day it happened or he's been doing it for a couple days and it's been good, you should expect him to continue to do the same for school. But here are some options if he doesn't, if he doesn't go quickly enough or doesn't go as planned. If you do dress him, do it very efficiently with as little interaction as possible. Pants off, pants on, top off, top on, walk out. No words, no sitting on your lap to do it, quick and quiet. The other option that works well in a lot of these situations, especially once you've gotten him into getting himself dressed or starting to get himself dressed, you know, maybe he took his pants off and take his shirt off, but he's not getting his clothes back on, but you're getting him moving in that direction, is a logical positive consequence for something after he's gotten dressed with time left over. So once he's dressed, he has that amount of time before you leave, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, to play with his favorite toy before he leaves or play his favorite game, something like that. Or maybe there's a special toy he can only play with in the mornings before you leave for school. And he can play with that toy once he's dressed. He gets dressed quickly, he saves time. This leaves time for something fun. The overall attitude we wanna have is expect much, get much. When you start implementing these, leaving out the clothes and telling him you will be going to wherever once he's dressed, expect that he will do it. Our children are looking for strong leaders and they test that leadership in us a lot, but they do wanna know that we are in control. When we set a boundary and don't hold it, that doesn't feel safe to them. They wanna feel safe. We have to let them know that we know what we're doing. When we say, I need you to do something, they have that trust and feel safe in doing that because they've seen us be a strong leader. Just having that confidence in them, even if it's just in the way that we present it, okay, here are your clothes, let me know when you're ready, shows a lot of confidence. It shows that you expect that to happen, you expect them to get dressed and come down to see you or come over to see you when they're done. We are exuding confidence and expectation just in the tone of our voice. Okay, if you want more on these topics, the class Misbehaviors and Solutions for finding the reasons behind misbehavior so that you can address those and fix those. Power Struggles, Getting Kids to Listen, Discipline Tools for Toddlers and Discipline Tools for Preschoolers both cover all three of the focus on the positive tools, one, two, three, magic, among many more, like the choices and consequences combination, using consequences effectively, lots of tools in there. Age-appropriate positive discipline tools for each age. Those are on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.